0: Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello, and welcome to
1: things as we like to say that show that features the star, co-host and creator of the greatest independent television show ever, Brian Brushwood.
2: Oh, I mean, now let's be clear, it's just the opinion of a of a tiny journal that uh, I'm sure nobody has heard of called Forbes Magazine wow. with the headline it's time to talk about the modern rogue, television's best independent series going. How can somebody write
0: something so controversial yet so brave? Uh, finally, putting a name to what we've all known—the burgeoning <laughs> success of the modern rogue. Everybody who's listening to this needs to find that article and uh, uh, retweet it or share it with friends. Because, as the title beseeches us, the time is now to start talking about the modern rogue.
2: Yeah, so look, you, everybody's been trying to put it off to try to sweep it under the rug. Uh, This—it's time to speak uh, truth to power. And it's time to talk about how the Modern Rogue is the best independent series going. That's Enough. Not, it's, I'm it's tired t- of this cryptic
0: talking around the issue. No, we want full Modern Rogue right now.
1: That's Justin Robert Young, you're hearing. I'm Andrew Mayne, and we're also joined by Bryce Castillo. Hi, everybody. The other three of us are not the stars of <laughs> the <laughs> nope. show. Nope. Nope. No issue. relation. No, no, no. I wonder if he's going to talk about podcasts, though. The reporter, the journalist. Maybe maybe we should do a mail in campaign. You know, greatest science oh, it's, it's podcast. A,
2: it's time to talk about weird things. The best <laughs> podcast currently yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody points at the camera.
1: Usually, when someone writes, it's time to talk about blank, it's never good. Not this one. <laughs> Finally, good. <laughs>
2: I actually do like the. Uh, what's funny is I I did read the headline, you know, first thing in the morning, and and I think I had a flash of like it's time to talk about the modern rogue, and I thought, uh oh.
3: Oh, <laughs>
2: There's that weird moment
1: of like you know that, that some researchers say oh your life doesn't flash before your eyes, and I've seen some experiments. I'm like I don't know if that would really show. But there have been moments where you read, and then your brain goes off in like nine different parallel universes of possibility, you know, and you're like, and you watch each one of them collapse till you get to the reality. But yeah, I think it's a real thing. Uh, it's time to talk about Brian. Oh no, uh, they found out. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what did they find out? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and, and and it really is wild because uh, I guess at a deep animalistic level, you know, uh, exile. Equal death in tribal uh, societies. And so that's why we're so irrationally dialed in on it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, um, we got some topics to discuss
1: from the rational to the irrational, which is Irrational and Rational Things will be the new title of it. But first, listen, um, I do not have the best independent series on television, um, but I know someone who does. I don't want to brag, but guess what I did this weekend? What? You Wait a minute, weekend, Andrew? I saw a rocket launch. Yeah! Oh. Oh, my good
0: lord! Uh, uh, of course, you uh, were, were were selected to be uh, uh, one of the lucky few to have a, a great access before and uh, during the uh, launch this weekend out in Florida. This was the uh, first crewed. V- or a, a vehicle that could have crew in it that's gone up from america in a very long time uh, and it is a, a spacex vessel which is really rad
1: so yeah i got i got selected to be part of uh there's a program called nasa social which is for people who are in social media uh c- to participate in nasa events and i i highly recommend if you're involved in social media check it out the goal is to not get let's say just space journalists and stuff but people who are talking to general all sorts of audiences they want to spread out and reach out across a large group of people i would implore brian and justin to consider applying for these things and other podcasters people out there and what it does is you go out there on your own dime and you you, but you know you you're like media but you're social media and you show up and we showed up at nasa on thursday morning and you go into you know over the space center and you you know go into an auditorium and you have some different speakers and and we had an amazing group of speakers that came in there people head of different programs person in charge of iss operations person in charge of the, the crewed uh commercial crew missions um just an amazing group of people spoke to us on that first day And then the second day, they take us on the buses around the Kennedy Space Center. And then we had pop-in speakers. Uh, uh, Shell Lindstrom, who's a really super cool guy, who's actually a friend of a friend of mine, who's an astronaut, who's an alternate, came out and talked to us. He was awesome. Uh, We had a surprise visitor, was Jim Bridenstine, head of NASA, came out and talked to us with Bob Cabana, who's head of the Kennedy Space Center. And, you know, gave us talks. Ask, let us ask questions and stuff, you know, and we also went into labs, toured different labs, talked to different scientists there. It was a really great, you know, you know, example of what's going on behind the scenes. And it was uh, a really, really a wonderful experience to see what's going on with NASA up close. And then we got to go over to the launch pad and see the SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket with the crew capsule on top of it. Um, and, you know, we had a, somebody from SpaceX come talk, which was just just, just a really great experience to be able to see you know, you know, up close what's going on. And so what is going on? NASA has been working on a program to help bring astronauts back to the International Space Station. And they're trying to do this at a lower cost than what's been going on before. The last time the shuttle flew was 2011. And since then, we've been putting astronauts on the Soyuz spacecraft, you know, we're using, you know, buying seats from the Russians, which is, you know, a, a solution which has utility to it, but we don't want that to be a permanent solution. That's our only way to get astronauts to there. So. NASA started a program where they went out to contractors and said, Hey, who wants to try to bring astronauts to the station? Come with your proposals. And SpaceX and Boeing won. SpaceX won with their Crew Dragon, and Boeing won with their Starliner. And both of them have these things in progress. And this was the first test of SpaceX's crew capsule. And it actually went, it took off uh, Friday morning, 249 in the morning, or Saturday morning, 249, launched towards the International Space Station. And a day later, it docked. And it docked. And connected up, everything went flawlessly, so they still have to bring it back. There's more stuff to go in, you know, involved. But if all works out well, they're going to do another test in a couple months. What they're going to do is they have to test the in-flight aboard system because what makes this capsule special is it's got these Super Draco engines on it. So at any point up until it reaches the end, any point during flight, the upper section, the capsule, can eject and make it safely back down to Earth, which no space capsules ever had that capability. So they're going to test that part out, no people on board. And if that works out, maybe July we'll see our first astronauts on board an American spacecraft since 2011 take That flight.
2: is huge. And what's, like, we... Um... You know, we, we, we have been big uh, fans sitting on the sidelines cheering for the audacious nature of, of what SpaceX was going for in terms of reusability. And we all watched and shrugged as there were almost landing of the first stage and, and you know, all of the uh, attempts to catch the, the fairing and all that stuff um the stakes feel real different now knowing that that we're at a place where we're going to put human bodies in there and now uh all of a sudden it's like I've, i feel myself as somebody who cares deeply about this getting quiet and looking intently it's you know
1: it's it's interesting to just watch these things go from things we talk about to watching them happen and you know what was funny was uh we uh, as we go to the launch. I got to watch it from the causeway, which is just a fantastic place to watch it. You're about as far away from there as you are from you know the mission control center, and so you see a very great view of everything. And on the way there, they have to read you the disclaimer, the warning disclaimer. You know the the standard language because you're in an impact zone. If there anything goes haywire, like they want you to get on the buses and get you the hell out of there. And they're reading the copy and they talk about like you know uh, you you understand that you know that there's a risk with you know da da da, da launches da 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 and landings and i thought about that i said you know they had to add that they had to add that landing part because that wasn't a thing that rockets did and we of course we saw they had uh out at sea they had i think of course i still love you which is a drone ship which catches the boosters and we could see the booster do the light you know light up and go land you know at night and that was just a just a thing to think about is that's what's what's changed is that you know we, we we bring rockets back down now at kennedy space center
0: yeah, that that is that is uh, such a remarkable achievement that I don't think that, at least for now, we should lose sight of. Considering yeah. it was an impossibility for so long, and we're really in the literal infancy of it being the reality. Uh, 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 was there anything surprising in all of your uh, conversations that you had out there, or, uh, either from SpaceX or NASA, about that
1: uh, uh, that, that that flight or future flights? I, I mean, I'll talk a little about culture differences, but the the thing. One, I was very excited. They, You know, when the head of NASA there asked and wanted to know if we had any questions, you know, guess what nerd had already positioned himself right in the middle. As soon as I knew he was going to come talk, I stood right in front of the podium and my arm just shot straight up in the air. And the big question a lot of people have who are fans of, you know, SpaceX and Blue Origin and some of these other private space companies is what's going to happen with the SLS, the Space Launch System? And that's that is NASA's design next generation rocket it's a huge heavy lift booster that's designed to take orion take us back to the moon and go beyond and the the challenge with that rocket like rockets are hard as it goes these programs take forever they can end up costing more money and the sls system is going to be a billion dollars plus per launch and so the funding for it is continuing to develop it because you know nasa needs to have a system to do this and but the question people are asking now is like well if you've got spacex building, you know, so they've got the Falcon Heavy now and they're building Starship and you got Blue Origin building the, the new Glenn and the new Armstrong rockets. You've got these private companies that are going to do it so much cheaper. Why are we still doing the SLS? And, you know, the answer to that is basically we don't know that they're going to have those yet. There's no guarantee that the SLS has technology we know is there. That being said, you know, my question was to Brian Stein, I was like, hey, what are your plans if these commercial partners make available super heavy lift? You know, what happens then? And he gave a very on point answer saying like listen we we hope that happens we want to have multiple ways to space and if they can provide these things then we're going to be very interested in them you know meaning effectively that you know if if they can if they can make these things work NASA is going to want to use these things
2: Yeah it is weird uh, like it's so not guaranteed that they're going to ramp up uh, at the speed that we hope that mm-hmm. Even though I'm a big fan of keeping government spending, you know, svelte and and appropriate, like I as a matter of national security, I don't know that I would stop the SLS, even though like on on launch, so to speak, it will be ridiculous and antiquated. But I don't know that if I was in Congress, I would uh, vote to defund it or say stop it
0: if we have the ability to cancel it because we have better options it seems like a prudent idea to keep it going until
1: we know for sure that we
0: that that it's not worth building
1: uh, yeah and that's that kind of of course in keeping the problem is to course is to make sure that the costs don't continue to go out of control because that becomes another problem though is that you can say well we have no other choice we gotta you know the sunk you know the sunk cost fallacy can be frustrating but i agree with the mentality that's like we can't just because bezos and must say hey we're going to do these things we can't base a space policy on the material nature of two individuals, you know, who could go through financial shortfalls, and then we find out we have absolutely nothing. And that and that's NASA's point of view. But I'd say the contrary point of view though is like, man, that program keeps getting more and more expensive, and 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 the cost that we thought it was going to cost has gone way out of proportion, and there's other costs related to it that aren't getting as much attention, like the launcher costs and some other stuff, which may be more expensive. But, you know, the upside is, is that like, uh, you know, for NASA's side is their budgets have been increased. You know, President Trump uh, put a added a billion dollars to their budget. And in Congress, both sides, bipartisan came before, came together added an additional one point seven billion dollars. So NASA's had, had its largest budget increase. And, in, you know, I think since like probably the Apollo era or something, it's been substantial You know, it's not that level, which was, you know, 20 percent of our GDP and probably not a good idea, but it's been increased, which, you know, NASA wants to keep that going up. But I mean, it's been a a very good thing for funding for NASA all all across the board, which both parties have agreed to do that. Um, But I think that, yeah, we could see, you know, in a year or two or two years or so, if we see these other rockets operating and there might be a shift. But not everybody in NASA's gonna be happy about that. I mean, I met everybody I met was super enthusiastic, super enthusiastic about SpaceX, what's going on there. But I'm leaving the airport and a TSA guy sees my SpaceX hat and he goes, Oh, SpaceX, did you go did you go to the launch? I'm like, Yeah, I did. It was amazing. He goes, saw a guy here who was you know had a NASA had some NASA gear on and I I said, Oh, you know, uh did you did you watch the SpaceX launch? And and he said, No, I work for NASA. It's
2: like <laughs> I mean, uh, look, I get it. You 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 have a turbografx sixteen, uh, and you uh, don't like the Sega Genesis. I guess uh, that's. You know it's
1: it, it's like it's more like you know like
2: do you, do you like Mario Kart? No, I'm a Donkey Kong fan. <laughs> you know,
1: it's like this was this was part of this is a, a this was a NASA sponsored. This is a, you know part of a NASA program. There are NASA astronauts. You look at the astronauts who are going to fly on this craft. It says NASA on their logo. Everybody I met who, you know, was involved with this project was NASA. <laughs> you know, it's in a facility at NASA. And it was just that weird, you know, you're it's like you're a public space agency, you know. <laughs> it was just that, like, again, I'm hearing this secondhand, but there is that. There is that mentality where and part of it is it's because if you're working on SLS, if you're working on one of these other programs. You are threatened by this. Yeah. You are threatened by the idea that you know five years ago when you signed on board, you were going to be the only game in town, and now you're you are worried because we're like, yay, put that, you know, cancel that program or fire those people, and and which is not what we want. We want them to be building other stuff, but you know, hey, let's put it all towards SpaceX. And when you watch people talk from NASA, like a lot of it is every time you do the tour, they're these they, they have these like these kind of like a. Uh, Uh, science fair display boards explaining what they do and and you get these talks about my project my program or what i'm doing here and it's all this is why we need to be funded you know
0: which that that does bring such an exciting era and it's really one that we've kind of dreamed of on, on this show for a very long time to move nasa more into the part where of course they're always going to be a publicly funded agency that is, uh, uh, you know, leading the way. But but to get more into the, hey, look, here's what we need. Here are the costs. We're not gonna, not everything is gonna balloon in some ridiculous capacity because we're doing everything made to order. Uh, uh, we'll be able to do off the racks up and here's what we can accomplish. And you can cut down the 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 time, obviously, the the by by eliminating the R and D and the cost, and we can just get NASA back to what I think is the optimal state, which is doing cool stuff and then leading yeah. the way. Uh, and it's less about the the constant dog and pony show of, of well, let's justify why NASA's good. Let's get back to a point where NASA is clearly justifying why it's an important agency.
1: Well, I would it does a lot of different things. And I think there are a number of people within the agency doing things that are directly threatened by SpaceX and Blue Origin. Yes. You know, and that's the thing is that is if you went to NASA because you wanted to build and design rockets and you find out that your rocket program is under threat because, you know, some private enterprise is going to go in there and do it that's a challenge. But we're in ex- you know that aside we're in exciting space. You know we went to one of the buildings we go to is where they do uh, you know they they have space station stuff that's going up the space station. There's a section there for Sierra Nevada. They have the Dream Chaser, which is the thing that looks kind of like the mini shuttle. It's going to be an unmanned vehicle that will go up to the National Space Station, carry cargo. They'll put cargo back on the thing, and then it will come back down and land, you know, I think in the Mojave Desert or whatever, which means it it can have a much more gentle reentry. We're going to have that vehicle servicing the space station. We're going to have, you know, of course, we have SpaceX doing that already. I think there's Orbital ATK doing that. And, you know, we're getting, you know, just... A lot of exciting stuff. They've just leased a pad over at the at the Cape Canaveral, to the Kennedy Space Center, to Firefly, which is a company we talked about before, which is building you know inexpensive, disposable but uh, very small rockets to launch CubeSats, which will increase the availability to launch stuff. So that's kind of a cool thing. Is there's just just not just going to be you have SpaceX there now, you're going to have Blue Origin's got a facility there, and I think they're going to have a launch pad there. And Now Firefly has a launch pad. Three launch pads controlled by private companies, which That's means great more thing. stuff is going
0: up and yep. and, and uh, we are we are seeing more activity than, than we have before which is just great and it's also just on on a on, on a personal note I'm just glad that it's also making uh, uh, you know that there have been more reasons why friends friends of mine have wanted to go to the space coast or Cape Canaveral or that part of Florida which you know is if you ever head out there it it very much seems, at least like, you know, when I was growing up, like it was it was this kind of like flash frozen, boom city from a bygone era when it was, you know, very very uh, uh, the very very exciting, and I'd be very I'd be very pumped of that area of the country. I think just both as a, a fan of the state of Florida and, and as a history nerd, if there's a second act to to Canaveral and Titusville and all those. Oh,
1: I'm, I'm I, you know, driving through there, you're like, you see a lot of shuttered buildings and stuff because part of the problem was is, you know, after Apollo, there was a bit of decline, and then the sp- space shuttle program came up and there was, you know, that. And then when the shuttle program, it's like a military base closing. Yeah. You know, it devastates everything. and you And you still see the effects of that, but... You know, if I was a if I was a developer, I'd be I'd be buying up because I think that, you know, we're gonna see huge demand for, you know, research centers and stuff there.
0: Because I think it's also just such a great location too. That if you have if you're visiting, you know, Orlando or any of the theme parks out there, it's really it's a it's a, it's oh, yeah. a quick uh, hop, skip, and jump to go
1: see. Thirty-minute Ar- drive from the airport. Less than thirty-minute drive from the Orlando Airport to there. Okay.
0: Uh, so there we go. That That's our mm-hmm.
1: sponsored by the State Tourism Board of Florida.
0: Uh, but uh, uh, enough of uh, you giving the state of Florida your money. How about you uh, uh, knock that right off and think about giving us your money. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash weird things is where you can hear us talk about uh, space. Andrew went out to Florida to give you this information. Uh, he went out and did it on his own dime. Uh, this is how you can support such initiative uh, by heading on over to patreon.com weirdthings weird things right now. Hey, hey Brian, uh, well, what kind of uh, spiritual and material enrichment does one get from subscribing to patreon.com slash weird things. You
2: do get the smug satisfaction of knowing that you're factually better than everyone you meet for the rest of the day but more importantly you get your very own RSS feed that includes our sister podcast uh, After Talk where we spill the after real things. dish. Uh, sorry, uh, After Things. That's the secret secret level Brian. After Things. that's on AT? Uh, that's, uh, uh, look man, that's when we get to spill the real dish on how how we are able to make it as independent creators and it's a story that we love to tell you guys uh and it's it's a lot of fun uh, and it's all thank you to the nearly 300 patrons who hit us up over at patreon.com slash weird things mm-hmm. hot yeah patreon.com slash weird things gonna make hey anything.
1: um time to play a game yay all right Maura Boxall was shocked to discover what was in her shoe after she took an airplane flight. Oh,
2: Oh, got to be a snake. Got to be a snake. The scorpions love to be in shoes, though. And I don't I mean, like, one of the members of the band Scorpions. Scorpion.
0: How did, Brian? How the hell a scorpion get into an airplane? What did he have to? Did he have to check his
2: stinger at TSA? <laughs> so, who you said the name of the person? Is it a famous person? No, no. Okay, no. Uh, it's I mean, gotta not, be. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. You know, it's it's either her spiders her or, or snakes. I'll say a, a black widow spider.
1: All right, here's your clue. So she opened up, I guess, her suitcase, looked inside her shoe. And uh, I'm gonna tell you where she's a Scottish woman. Okay. All right. All right. Anybody want to change their vo- change it change it? Change uh, yes, it, it was it what,
0: was a. What, 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 did did she land in Scotland or was <laughs> she flying back to Scotland?
1: Um. She she landed in Scotland and she found it.
0: <laughs> she landed in Scotland. <laughs> so She was taking off from from anywhere. And landing in scotland i'm going to say that it was definitely a golf club no a <laughs>
2: snake i'm going to say a snake uh I'm, I'm sticking with spider sticking with spider all right i'm going to give in you fact, one more piece of information
1: and feel free to change your vote after this just changes justin okay it may just totally change your point of view all right she was in australia
0: Oh, all right. Things from Australia to Scotland. You know, you could get a koala bear. You could get Broden from Auntie Donna. They they all do fit in a uh, shoe. That's a good point. uh, You Uh, could get a, 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 you know, a a, a larger than uh, socially acceptable uh, use of the C word. There's a lot (laughs) of
2: things that are in Australia. Uggs. Could uh, uh, and where would you stuff your Uggs? In, but in your shoes, you would but in but, another shoe. Yeah.
0: What though, uh, Andrew? I'm I'm gonna stick with snake. I'm gonna say snake is the thing that she found in her shoe. A snake, an Australian snake, got in there. Uh, into her into her
2: bag and uh, coiled up, just waiting to, to give her an old surprise. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on spiders, not just uh, a egg spider, but I'm gonna say like a bursting egg sack of spiders. Mm-hmm. Just just watching them crawl the old, out of the that shit.
0: The old Melbourne
1: hello.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um the answer is Snakes!
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, a shedded skin. Um, <laughs> so, Mr. Main, how did the fire start in your apartment? <laughs> well, I opened my suitcase, I snot, saw a snake, and I grabbed my boring company,
2: not a flamethrower. <laughs> what more do I need to tell you? That is a, a great moment. So so it, did it turn out to be a poisonous snake or just right, a... It is it not. a python. Python. Those get big, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So
0: it's not it's not venomous, right? But but the python that could like choke you out. Is that what the python does? This
1: is a small one. This could like choke like a, a weak kitten, you know.
0: Alright. Yeah. So she, she got she got all of her weakest kittens into another room. <laughs>
2: man, I'll tell you what, this is one of those moments where, like, if even if you're not a snake person, you know, once you find out that it's a python and it's non venomous and all that, if you can get blessing, I, man, I'd keep that little t- that little guy. No, I guess
3: not. You could have a cultural ecosystem issue with it being an Australian snake in Scotland. Yeah,
2: well, I saw it, an American
3: werewolf in you know, London.
0: It's a cultural ecosystem issue. Did they have to? Did did they put that snake right back on a flight? Did they say when uh, uh, when they send their pythons, they're not sending? And then
1: a Swedish student fighting for amnesty objected and demanded the plane not take off. <laughs> uh, 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 man, I
0: don't know. Yeah, I, I, I almost wonder. Like, was that was it somebody else's snake there in in Australia or or oh. what? Just it's Australia. You we
1: know. It's
0: just they're everywhere. It was just the Australia of it all, and all of a sudden that Python's like, I I want to see the world. (laughs) Got in that
1: lady's suitcase. I mean, I told you that I was there for a reason. I'm on a boat for a reason. I'm in water, surrounded by mm, I don't know. We'll call them leafy sea dragons, but that's not what they are. Surrounded by them. Surrounded by them. And I'm like, man. Good thing there's an island there. And they're like, hey, see that little sign on that island? It's the only island, last island for Antarctica. I'm like, oh, what's that sign say? Warning, death adders everywhere. Wow. (laughs) I'm like, like, I can't go into here because of the, you know, the
2: dun-dun-dun-dun-duns. And there's a
1: killer reef over here that'll break up the boat. And then out here, death adders. I'm like, this,
2: this. Yeah. Australia, mate. I
0: know. And here you are, stuck in the middle. Yeah uh yeah, dude that is that is intense so yeah i guess it was just like a wild ass country where snakes are uh international traveling
1: yeah i mean they're the snakes like it's dangerous here <laughs> i <I'm not laughs> to get away You're the, the snake python i gotta get the hell
0: out of here I, I don't want to get trapped on a on an island with death adders
2: It's a pretty good
1: point <laughs> so uh, uh another topic here um Ever noticed that, like, remember in high school, your friends that didn't want to conform all of a sudden seemed to adopt a new set of style or things that seemed extremely conformist?
2: Oh, you sure. mean like, like there was a uh, type uh, of um, yeah,
0: the, the mid to late '90s. It was a lot of, uh, you know, goth or hip hop kind of uh, uh, culture, dress, rock, you know, rocker guy, grunge. Yeah, you know, those beaded metal necklaces that kind of like they like they came out of your
2: uh, blinds. Wallet uh, wallets with chains on them. Yeah. Ch- I'm
1: gonna get a tribal tattoo. <laughs> I'm like man, that's a very <laughs> I, big tribe. Yeah.
2: I see, a, I see a lot of those now.
1: Um, you know, man, what are they what are they gonna do? Oh, this this these ear loops. Like oh, I see a lot of those. You see sort of the same sort of nonconformity seems to apply a lot to. Conformity. It's sort of a, kind of a cliche. It's kind of that like. You know, my I friends, see, like, um, it, it, there, there is a
0: fascinating thing wherein when all it, when everything happened in a pre super connected world, you were the one guy in your high school or the or, or the one guy in your town that did the thing. Right. And you and you got your marching orders sure, it was from magazines or movies or videotapes or whatever. But uh, those were from far away from lands. Uh, 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 that we would never see or communicate with and so you would be their representative here and now it's like oh no everything's connected you're only a hashtag away to see literally everybody who's dressing exactly like you are doing exactly the same thing that you are and it's like it just seems uh, like, like like you said Andrew that, that there is a, a conformity to the nonconformity that that has become more stark as we are able to keep a a real
1: time pulse on it well a uh, researcher, Jonathan Bull at Brandeis University, did—he's a mathematician who studies the transmission of information through society and its influence. Described, and it's called the hipster effect. Okay, that's what we've called this before, which is how all of a sudden anti-conformist, uh, anti-conformists start to look the same. And what he did, he did some mathematics on it. And found how this trend works. He's able to explain this how it's just consistent across the board, where you get a couple outliers decide, ah, I'm going to look no- different, and then how all of a sudden there's sort of a phase change, and then all of a sudden it's the new normal, and then how you know that conformity becomes like, you know what, you guys, all you clean-shaven people, I'm going to get a beard.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So then, what what is the, uh, the, the 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 mechanism of it? Like, is it just like a herd
3: kind of thing, or? Uh this um, is this is from the abstract of the paper. We show that when hipsters are too slow in detecting the trends, they will consistently make the same choice and realizing this too late, they will switch altogether to another state where they remain alike. So uh, so in other words oh. like like they they look
2: up and they're like everybody's doing that. Well, I want to do something else and then they all decide that at the same time and uh like like starlings uh supernaturally moving as uh, a, a crowd <laughs> they they pivot left all in a unit. Wow. Mm-hmm. So
0: so so it's like the the change slowly happens, and so your 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 hippest of hipsters are slowly evolving uh, 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 the look. But that there there is this flashpoint where all of a sudden everybody who is realizing that they've been left behind will catch up with whatever the dynamic uh, uh, is
1: up to that point. Yeah, you're like, hey, a man bun, sign me up, and then wait, there are more man buns than I realized. And uh, how come they all have these and
2: well, and, and what happens is is like it builds up slowly, and then it becomes a punchline, and then very yeah. quickly uh, it yeah. it swaps. Yeah. Which. Although
0: that, but then it really does. It, it, the, the The hipster aesthetic is definitely an interesting one because it is sort of on on one hand a, a little bit of a, a a new normal in that it's not too crazy. It's it's you know it's a little bit eccentric, but it's not like. The, the the double space double zero spacer gauges in your ear or a face tattoo or something like that uh, uh so it's 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 like oh i'm going to show a little bit of personality but yet i'm 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 still just it's basically just me wearing a scarf well
1: yeah and it's it's funny because it's like you know you see this probably uh, brian and justin like in austin and oakland it's like how there are norms there that just It almost like the, the hipster thing is sort of the norm You know, you look at certain things and you see things There's just, everybody does this You know, every, every you know, the, the, the Oakland I mean, like, I don't know, the Oakland, but I see the beard Like the Oakland beard kind of thing You know, you'd see that sort of thing Just boom, it's like every sort of dude I met there for a period It's like all had that kind of beard
0: There definitely is I mean, although I, I would say regionally there, there, there does tend to be You know, I would always use the joke about the fact that In the South And by that, I would I would mean, you know, like the Carolinas and Georgia, the like the the, the dress code is always like, especially during the summer months, you know, khaki shorts tucked in golf shirt with the the, 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 like the polo collar that it's like I remember I went to like a a barbecue festival there once. And it was like as far as the eye can see, everybody worked at Bank of America in Charlotte, North Carolina, and everybody was dressed. Like they were about to go to a college football game. Uh, uh, it, it was. It was all kind of the same thing. So, I, I wonder, really, like where? I wonder if you could do just like a heat map of like what the aesthetic is throughout the country by by gender. Yeah. I mean,
2: I, I'm certain there are services that do that. Uh, just like there's uh, fashion forecasters uh, for color palettes, and uh, uh, you know, there there are, there are full time pros that say, you know, because if you think about it, it makes sense. It's like they're only. To, so many directions to go if you uh, if everybody's wearing hipster beards uh there's only one way to to uh, make a change and that's to You know, that dial either goes up or down, you know, and so curly mustache. uh, Yeah, maybe, you know, I guess unironic mustaches and all that stuff. But but then, like, if you can eliminate certain ones, it's like, okay, well, that was a a very popular trend five years ago. Therefore, it's highly unlikely it'll be this. Uh, However, it might be mutton chops or whatever. Well, I don't know. (laughs) Um, <laughs> you're just you're just waiting for to, for for clean shaven to to be the hot trend to to come um, in. I mean, I can literally only grow here. I can only grow here, so
1: and slowly. So
2: I'm fearing. I'm fearing when clean shaven is the popular thing. Oh, but well, because you like the beard, or yeah, yeah. And Bonnie, Bonnie, whenever I have shaved, you know, for like a promo or whatever, uh, Bonnie is not a fan <laughs> of yeah. baby face, Brian. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh,
0: I, I like to think that I'm I'm like kind of pre-setting up like a magic trick because I always look so much younger without a beard. So it's like at at some point when I really need to look younger, I'll just be able to shave it, and it'll be all the more dramatic.
1: <laughs> uh, speaking of dramatic,
0: let's do pics. Uh, hey, so I got about three fourths of the way before I fell asleep last night. I did, uh, I did, too. I did, too. I got I, about halfway. That's amazing. Uh, through Leaving Neverland, the HBO documentary that I assume will be a topic of conversation for much uh, of uh, the online community for the next week or so. I also got about halfway through the uh uh the the concert footage that uh the jackson family estate posted on their youtube channel as finding neverland was airing on hbo which is a 1992 concert in bucharest uh from the dangerous tour but if you ever i guess i had never really watched like a a full kind of just like the full concert uh uh, of the michael jackson kind of concert experience i was a little bit too young to have gone to well. Bad choice of words uh uh look the the finding Neverland documentary rehashes a lot of stuff that we had kind of heard before uh but in fairly stark uh a uh, 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 methodical retelling It pre- it focuses on two young boys uh including uh a Wade Robson who became a very very famous choreographer in his own right uh <laughs> man, like, as as somebody that, that, you know, at least went to school to uh, uh, try to put together what is credible evidence, what is uncredible evidence, what is something that you would want more information on. Man, does it seem like there's, <laughs> a, you know, you have two people who say this happened to them and they have, without hesitation, a lot of details. A lot of details and a lot of voicemails and a lot of home video that seems to uh, uh, that seems to back up what they're saying. Uh, uh I, I will say personally, I have a hard time believing the Jackson family uh, uh, line that they are opportunists there to posthumously ruin the
2: uh, ruin, ruin the reputation of Michael Jackson. So, I, I guess both of us should finish the whole thing before
1: we... Uh, uh, it's two parts, so, yeah, I watched part one last night. Uh I haven't watched part two yet, but, yeah. Oh,
2: boy. Uh, the uh, Hey, I saw a fun and funny show that I liked a lot uh, from uh, Taika Waititi, Uh Breaker Uppers. It was really fun. I liked it. What, what is it about? Boy? It's about uh two wacky gals who uh break up relationships so that uh, you don't have to do the hard thing and have honest discussions so they manufacture crazy things um uh and then as you can imagine uh things get more interesting and they reevaluate their lives but uh but uh man so many so many bits in there that are so over the top uh they're all genuinely funny and uh, the whole thing is really absurdist it's it's crass it's it's crude uh, I liked it a lot. Is that a Netflix is, joint? I feel yeah, like I saw uh, that. Uh, Yeah, it's a Netflix There's, original.
1: So I see. He's an EP on it. Um, what is he doing on that besides that?
2: Uh, I think I think lending his name is what he's <laughs> doing. Well, uh, it's, it's a great name. You, you do name. you do see a, a brief appearance from uh, uh, Jermaine Clement, and uh, cool. you know it's uh, if, if if you dig you know Taika and stuff it it felt you know i don't know it's it's got lots of uh really uh crass aggressive female energy that uh, i i dug a lot
0: yeah
2: cool
3: i have a pick. Uh, I Nobody asked you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was really surprised over the past week to find out that they were going to be continuing the show very soon. And it made me go back and rewatch the first season that came out from 2016. It also uh, blew my mind that it was like three years ago. Uh, but this is Netflix's The OA. Um, I talked about this a little bit when it came out because I really liked it when it came out. And having rewatched it, Uh, it is also a really interesting puzzle box when you watch it the second time and you know how the first season ends and with both how the first season ends and some of the stuff that they show in the trailer for the second season, which I would recommend maybe not watching. Um, it seems like there is actually a lot of meat to this mystery and this sort of supernatural paranormal, uh, tale. It's it's about this, this, uh, woman prairie, who is uh, uh, found after she tries to jump off of a bridge um, and her parents find her because someone was recording it and they find her and, and she doesn't recognize them because when she was missing seven years ago, uh, she was blind and now she is back and she is not blind. And so a lot of the story is talking about those seven years while she was, was kidnapped and trying to recruit people uh, kind of in her community to listen to her story and, and, um, help her do a lot of really weird supernatural stuff, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how much more to talk about it because it doesn't make sense to talk about it. Like if I told you what happened, that doesn't make sense. And even the first time you watch it, it kind of doesn't make sense. So this is, <laughs> you, you, this, you're just building this one up. But what <laughs> I'm saying is, like, well, this I'm, is.
1: I'm actually more intrigued now. I, I'm more because. Yeah. When it came out, there was a lot of Stranger Things comparisons and yes. stuff, which I think probably was unfair to it because then, you know, to hold something up to that, it's hard to. And, and mm. I avoided it because I'm like, people were pushing it like that. It's like, well, it's not. And I'm like, well, why am I going to watch it? But yeah, I mean, if they're doing a season two and Bryce says it's worth watching and it doesn't involve somebody telling me how to organize my closet, I'll probably watch it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So season two comes out at the end of this month. So, I mean, I, I blasted through the eight episodes within this past week Um and i I think it is a show that you would get a lot out of watching it twice uh or watching that first season twice because there are a lot of like weird visual things, a lot of weird spoken things, a lot of stuff that uh it isn't until the second time you see it that you, you go that's not what that person is saying like they're saying that they're holding this thing, but that is definitely a completely different thing hmm. um it's like a puzzle box and so there's a lot of mystery and and um by doing this part two that they're calling it. Uh, it seems to give credence that it's not all just going to be a bunch of BS. Um, cool. So, the OA. It's on Netflix. Cool.
1: My pick is, if you get a chance, go to YouTube, go watch the NASA SpaceX press conference with Elon Musk, Jim Bridenstine, uh, a couple other NASA people, and two of the astronauts are going to be going on board the Crew Dragon. Uh, it's a, kind of a neat little overview of what's been going on. If you get a chance to check out some of the coverage, you can see, you know, it was Uh, They managed to, you know, dock that thing. Seeing that happens, cool. Later this week, we're going to hopefully have the Crew Dragons going to do its splashdown. They're going to depart from the International Space Station. It's going to go through reentry, and it's going to land somewhere off the coast of Florida, which will be exciting. So pay attention to some of that coverage if you get a chance. And you can find out more about Ripley. What's Ripley, you say? Well, he launched this rocket to the space station that's designed to carry people. How do you know the people are going to be fine? Well you put a robot in there in a Starman outfit but this one's a woman named Ripley with all sorts of sensors and all sorts of you know instruments on board her so that she can tell us when she gets back a ton of data about you know what the experience is like for the
2: astronauts so female robots always so sensitive <laughs> the uh, <laughs> so uh, this will be when it reenters uh, it'll just be what a parachute it, it's not I would have expected some kind of cool you know hairpin landing type thing originally that they it has the super Draco
1: thrusters on board which are designed to allow it to land without parachutes that was the original design of this was that it would go to orbit come back down the 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 dragon 2 as it was called was designed to be able to launch, launch land on rather launch <laughs> landing and a launch on any solid surface in the solar system basically you know in theory it could go land on mars etc now, NASA's like, hey, that's great. This tech's really good. Let's use parachutes because we have a lot of experience with parachutes and also you know, bringing us down over land. That, that could be a consideration at this point, but uh, we'll see. I have a feeling that we may see SpaceX try on their own because after this, this is done with this mission and it's reusable, NASA's like, no, we want new ones each time. SpaceX has this thing. They can do whatever they want. Right. It wouldn't surprise me. And I think right now they're really just trying they're, – their focus, their engineering talent is focused on making the crew capsule work, making the crew capsule safe as possible because everything works right. Like we said, in a couple months, a few months, the first live human beings to ever ride on a SpaceX vehicle are going to happen. And SpaceX doesn't want to go, man, you know, uh, we should have spent more time on this this part of it or this part of it. They don't want to be distracted by that, but I think after they get enough data and they do that, I think they may try landing this thing Cool. It's been weird. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)